Chapter 14 of My Book of Favorite Fairy Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. My Book of Favorite Fairy Tales by Edric Ruddenberg. Chapter 14 Tufty Riquette. There was once upon a time a queen who had the ugliest little baby imaginable, so ugly, indeed, that it was almost impossible to believe he was a little boy at all. A fairy, however, assured his mother that the little baby would be very good and clever, saying that she was also giving him a gift which would enable him to make that person whom he loved the best as clever as himself. This somewhat consoled the queen, but still she was very unhappy because her son was so ugly, though no sooner had he begun to speak than he could talk about all sorts of things, and he had such pretty ways that people were charmed with him. I forgot to say that, when he was quite a baby, he had a funny little tuft of hair on his head, so he was called Tufty Riquette, for Riquette was the family name. When Riquette was about seven years old, the queen of a kingdom nearby was given two baby daughters, twins, of which one was so exquisitely beautiful that the queen nearly died of joy when she saw her, and so the fairy, the same one who had given Riquette his gift of cleverness, to keep the queen from making herself ill with excitement, told her that this little princess would not be at all clever. Indeed, she would be as stupid as she was beautiful. The queen was very much grieved at this, and felt still more troubled when she beheld her other daughter, for the second princess was extremely ugly. "'Do not take it too much to heart, madam,' remarked the fairy, "'for this second daughter will be so clever that it will scarcely be noticed that she is not beautiful.' "'Well, if it must be so, it must,' remarked the queen. "'But I should certainly have liked the elder one, who is beautiful, to be just a little bit clever, too.' "'I can do nothing as to her mind, madam,' replied the fairy. "'But for her beauty I can, and as there is nothing I would not do to please you, I will give her a gift, so that she can make the one who wins her heart beautiful, too. As the princesses grew up, their gifts likewise grew with them, so that everybody spoke about the beauty of the one and the cleverness of the other. But also their defects grew, so that it could not but be noticed that the younger was daily uglier, and the elder day by day became more stupid until she either said nothing in reply to a question, or something quite silly, and so clumsy was she that she could not arrange four china ornaments on the chimney-piece without breaking one, or drink a glass of water without spilling half of it on her frock. Although it is a great thing to have beauty, yet the younger generally received more attention in company than her elder sister. At first, Everybody would gather around the beautiful one admiringly, but before long they would leave her for the clever princess, to listen to her pleasant conversation, 
and by the end of a quarter of an hour the elder would be left alone while the other would be the centre of a group this the elder sister noticed in spite of her stupidity and she would gladly have given all her beauty for half the cleverness of her sister and sometimes the queen although full of kindness would reproach her daughter for her foolishness which caused the princess almost to die of grief one day when she had retreated to a wood to brood over her unhappiness she saw a little man coming towards her he was uncommonly ugly and unpleasing in appearance but was very richly dressed it was the young prince tufty riquette who had fallen in love with the pictures he had seen of her and had left his father's kingdom for the sake of making her acquaintance delighted to meet her alone in this manner he accosted her as courteously as possible but soon noticing that she was melancholy he said i cannot understand how it is that any one as beautiful as you are can be as sad as you appear to be for i must own that although i can boast of having seen many beauties not one have i ever met whose beauty equalled yours it pleases you to say so sir replied the princess and relapsed into silence beauty went on riquette is so delightful that one would give everything for it and if any one is beautiful i can't understand anything troubling greatly i would rather be as ugly as you answered the princess and be clever than as beautiful as i am and be stupid to think you are stupid is a sure sign that you have a certain amount of cleverness madam replied riquette i don't think about that said the princess but i am quite sure that i am very silly and the grief of that is killing me if that is all that troubles you i can soon put an end to your grief said riquette for i have the power of giving cleverness to the person whom i love the best and if only you will marry me you shall become as clever as you can wish the princess was greatly astonished but remained silent i can see continued riquette that this proposal is not to your taste and i am not astonished i will give you a year to think about it so great was the longing of the princess to be clever that she had once promised riquette to marry him in a year's time and no sooner had she made the promise than a great change took place in her and she found she could say all sorts of pleasant things on all sorts of subjects in quite an easy manner she at once began a conversation with riquette making such brilliant remarks that he could almost think he had given her all his cleverness and had kept none for himself when the princess returned to the palace everybody was astonished at the sudden and extraordinary change for instead of saying stupid things 
or just nothing at all. She was now full of beautiful ideas which she expressed most charmingly. The report of this transformation was soon spread abroad, and all the young princes of the neighboring kingdoms asked for her hand in marriage, but not one did she find altogether suitable. However, at last one arrived, who was so powerful, rich, clever, and handsome, that she could not help approving of him and her father noticing this told her she was quite free to choose what husband she wished the princess thanked him and asked for time to consider the matter then to think it over she went by chance into the wood where she had met tufty riquette while she was walking deep in thought she noticed a loud noise beneath her feet as of many persons hastening to and fro then listening attentively she heard a voice say bring me the saucepan and another voice cry put some wood on the fire at the same moment the earth opened and she saw a big kitchen full of cooks and all sorts of things necessary for the making of a magnificent banquet and everybody hard at work the princess astonished at this sight asked the men for whom they were working for the prince tufty riquette answered the head cook for to-morrow is his wedding day the princess more surprised than ever all at once recollected that it was just a year ago that very day that she had promised to marry the ugly tufty riquette the reason that she had not remembered her promise before was that she was foolish when she made it and in becoming clever she had forgotten all her former stupidities she had only walked on a few steps further when riquette appeared before her magnificently clad as a prince about to marry here you see me madam said he keeping my word and i have no doubt that you also came here to keep yours and by giving me your hand to make me the happiest of men i frankly confess replied the princess that I have not yet made up my mind, and I do not think I can ever do as you wish. You surprise me, madam, said Riquette. I can quite believe that, said the princess, and if you were not a good and clever man, I should not know how to act. But you are well aware that it was when I was stupid I promised to marry you. But now, as you may imagine, I am not so easily pleased. Except for my ugliness, said Riquette, have you anything against me? Do you object to my birth, my character, or my manners? Not at all, replied the princess. I love those things in you. If that is so, answered Riquette, I shall indeed be made happy 
because you can cause me to become the most delightful of men if only you will desire it for know madam the same fairy who at my birth gave me the power to impart cleverness to whomsoever i should love gave you a gift also that of being able to render beautiful the one to whom you would grant this favour if that is the case exclaimed the princess i desire with all my heart that you might be the most handsome and pleasing prince in the world no sooner had the princess uttered these words than her wish was fulfilled though some say that no change really took place in riquette but that the princess loved him now so much that all his ugliness was seen as beauty by her eyes however that may be she straightway consented to be his bride and as the preparations had already been made the wedding took place the very next day end of chapter fourteen Tufty Raquette